0: giant robot smashing into other giant robots. Thanks for being here. Uh, my name's Lindsay. I head up marketing at ThoughtBot. And if you haven't joined one of these before, we are checking in with two of the founders who are going through the ThoughtBot startup incubator to learn how it's going, what's new, what challenges they're hitting and what they're learning all along the way. If you're not familiar with ThoughtBot, we're a product design and development consultancy, and we help your team and your product become a success. And one way we do that is through our startup incubator. So today we're joined by our co-founders, Mike Rosenthal and Chris Cerrito, co-founders of the startup Goods. And we also have another special guest today joining us, Danny Kim from the ThoughtBot side, Senior Product Manager. At Thoughtbot, I think to start off, we'll uh, head over to the new face, the new voice that we've got with us today. Danny, tell us a little bit about your role at Thoughtbot and specifically the incubator.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, and thanks for letting me join in on all the fun. I'm one of the product managers at Thoughtbot. I typically work for the uh, liftoff team. Um, we usually work with companies that are looking to like go into market with their first version MVP. They might have product that exists and that they're already kind of doing well with and they kind of want to jump into a new segment. We'll typically work with companies like that to kind of get them kicked off the ground. But it's been really awesome being part of the incubator program. It's my first time and helping with the market validation side. Definitely also like learning a lot from this experience for myself. Coming at it specifically from a PM perspective, there's like so much variation usually in product management across the industry, depending on like what stage of the product that you're working in. And so, I'm definitely feeling my fair share of uh, imposter syndrome here, but um, it's it's been really fun uh, to stretch my brain and like approach problems from like a completely different perspective, and also using different tools. But working with Mike and Chris makes it so much easier because they really make it feel like you're part of their team, and so that definitely goes a long way.
0: It just goes to show everyone gets imposter syndrome sometimes, <laughs> even senior product managers at Thoughtbot. Thanks for that that intro. It's cool to learn. you know the thoughtbot team learns along the way too, you know, especially if usually you're focused on a different stage of product development. Mike, it's been only three weeks or a very long three <laughs> weeks since last week we checked in with you, kind of forever in startup time. So I think last time we were just getting to know you two, yeah, uh, and you were walking us through the concept, kind of this merging of the digital and physical world of music and how we interact with music keepsakes or merchandise. You know, first of all, how's my pitch? Uh, and oh, has good, anything great. major Chilling has it. anything major changed <laughs> to that that concept in the last three weeks?
2: No, I mean, I can't believe it's only been three weeks. It feels like it's been a long time since we last talked. Uh, It's been an intense three weeks for sure. No, it's been going really well. I mean, we, we launched all sorts of stuff. I'm trying to think if anything has sort of fundamentally changed in terms of the plan itself or kind of our yeah, what well, we've been working on. And I think we've, we've pretty much stayed the course to sort of get to where we are now, but it's been really intensive. I, I think also having sort of Thanksgiving in there and we really, we were kind of pushing to get something live right before Thanksgiving. And so that week just felt I mean, I was just dead, but, you know, like Thursday of Thanksgiving, I think we all were. So it, it's been intense, I would say is, is the short answer. And I'm happy to yeah get into kind of where, where things are at, but big picture, it's just been an intense three weeks.
0: That's cool. And when we talked, you were definitely getting into research and user interviews. Have those influenced any, you know, changes along the way in the plan?
2: Yeah, they've been really helpful. You know, we've never really done that before in any of the sort of past projects that, that we've worked on together. And so I think just being able to you know read through some of the scripts and then sit through some of the interviews, and just kind of hearing people's honest assessment of some things has been really interesting. i try trying to think if it's materially affected anything. I guess, you know, at first we were like, we kind of had some assumptions around, okay, let's try to find like adults who give gifts as like a persona. The idea that like, you know, maybe you give your siblings gifts and then maybe this could be a good gift uh, idea. And I think, you know, we had a hard time kind of finding people to talk in an interesting way about that. And I think we kind of realized uh, it's kind of a hard persona to kind of chop up and and, and talk about. Right, Chris? I don't know. Well, laughing. it also,
3: from my understanding of it, it seemed to like generally stress out the people who are being interviewed because it's kind <laughs> of about a stressful topic. Right. Way. You know, like, especially... Well, I think... <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm Now I'm making assumptions. Um, and mm-hmm. I... Maybe because we're close to the holiday season and that's a topic mm-hmm. in the back of everybody's mind. But yeah, Danny, would you disagree with that? If those folks from what we heard, seemed like they were the most difficult to kind of extract answers from. But then if the subject changed and we treated them as a different persona, several of those interviews proved to be quite fruitful. So yeah, really interesting.
1: It really started like you, you kind of try to get some answers out of people. And there's like some level of people trying to please you to some extent. That's just like naturally how it starts. And you just like keep trying to drill into the answers and you just keep asking people like, so what kind of gifts do you give? And they're just like, Oh my goodness. Like, I haven't thought about buying gifts for my sister in like, you know, forever. And now, like, I don't know where to go. And they get like pretty stressed out about it. But then you just kind of started shifting into like, all right, cool. Never mind about that. Like, do you like listening to music? And they're like, yes. And then it just kind of explodes from there. And they're like, this last concert that I went to and all this stuff. And it was much more fruitful, kind of leaning more towards that, actually. Yeah.
0: That's fascinating. I guess that speaks to, especially at this stage and the speed the, and the amount of interviews you're doing the need for being like really agile in those interviews. And then like really quickly applying what you're learning to making the next one even more valuable.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, like we, we launched just a little sort of website experiments sort or of like an e-commerce experiment right before Thanksgiving. And I think now, you know, we're able to sort of take some of those learnings from those interviews and apply them to kind of our, both sort of our, our ad copy itself, but also just different landing pages and different language on, on the different kind of versions of the site and uh, see if we can find you know, some resonance with some of these audience groups. So it's been interesting.
0: Are you still trying to figure out who that early adopter audience is, who that niche persona is?
3: We are, I think we have a good idea of who it is. And I think right now we're just trying to figure out really how to reach those people. Yeah. That I think is the biggest challenge right now for us.
2: Yeah. With the the e-commerce experiment, it was sort of a very specific niche thing that is a little bit adjacent to what I think we want to be doing longer term with goods. And so it's weird. It's like we're in a place where we're like, oh, we really want to find the people that want this thing. But also this thing isn't necessarily the thing that we think we're we're going to make longer term. So let's not worry too hard about finding them. You know what I mean? It's It's been an interesting sort of back and forth on that.
3: From the interviews that we conducted, you know, we identified three key personas. Most of them have come up, but I'll just relist them. There was the sibling gift giver. There was the merch buyers. These are people who go to concerts and buy merchandise, you know, t-shirts, albums, records, things along those lines to support the artists that they love. And then the final one that uh, was identified was we gave the title of the proud playlister. And these are people who are really into their digital media platforms, love making playlists and love sharing those playlists with their friends. And that, I would say, the Proud Playlister is really the one that we have focused on in terms of this storefront that we launched. Like, the product is pretty much specifically for them. But the lessons that we're learning while making this product and trying to get this into the hands of the Proud Playlisters will feed into kind of the merch buyers.
2: Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's funny, like, this week is kind of a poignant week for this right because it's the week that spotify wrapped launched right so it's like in in the course of any given year it's probably like the one week of the year that lots and lots and lots of people are thinking about playlists all of a sudden so trying a little bit Mm -hmm. to see if we can ride that wave or just kind of dovetail with that a bit too
0: absolutely and do you want to give just like the really quick reminder of what the product experience is like
3: this is it's called the goods mixtape Basically, the idea is that you purchase one of these from us. Uh, You give us a playlist URL. We program that URL onto the NFC chip that's embedded in the good itself. And then when you scan this good, that playlist will come up. So it's a really great way of you make a playlist for somebody and you want to gift it to them. This is a great way to do that. You have a special playlist, uh, maybe between you and a friend or you and a partner is a good way to commemorate that playlist, turn it into a physical thing, give that digital file value and presence in the physical
0: world. Great. Oh, okay. So you casually mentioned this launch of a, a e-commerce store yeah. that happened last week. Why, <laughs> why did you launch it? How's it going? I don't
2: know. Why did we launch it? I mean, we, well, we, we wanted to, To be able to test some assumptions, I I think, you know, we wanted to get the brand out there a little bit, right? Get a website out there, kind of introduce the concept. You know, this is a very, not not that we've invented this product category, but it is a pretty obscure product category, right? And so there's a lot of sort of consumer education that I think that has to go on for people to wrap their heads around this and why they'd want this. So I think we wanted to start that process a little bit, frankly, sort of in in advance of a, a larger launch next year. And see if we could find some, some early community around this. You know, if we can find those core people who just absolutely love this and connect with it and, and go wild around it, then those are the people that we're going to be able to get a ton of information from and, and build for that persona, right? It's like, cool, these are the people who love this. Let's build more for them and go find other people like this. So I think for us, it was that. And then honestly, it was also just, you know, let's test our manufacturing and fulfillment and logistics capabilities, right? I mean, this is as much as we are at, b2b you know SaaS platformer that's what we envision the future of goods being there is a physical component of this um you know we, we do have that part basically done at this point but we just you know what is it like to order a thousand of these what is it like to put these in the mail to people and like, you know actually take orders and some of that processing because we do envision a more wholesale future where we're doing you know thousands or tens of thousands of these at the time and so i think we just want to button up and
3: uh, do some dry runs before we get to those kinds of numbers I think Mm -hmm. it also, it's important to remember that we are talking in startup time. And while this last week seems like an eternity, it's been a week (laughs) that we've had this in place. So we're just starting to learn these things Mm -hmm. and we plan on continuing to do so. Yeah, but I think we we thought that getting a website
2: up would be a good way to just start kind of testing everything Mm -hmm. more.
0: Great. What went into deciding what would be in this first version of the site? and the the e-commerce offering? I think,
1: I mean, a lot of it was kind of mostly driven by Chris and Mike. They kind of had a vision and an idea of what they wanted to sell. Um, Obviously from the user interviews, we were also kind of like, we were kind of talking about, we were starting to hone in a little bit more and like we had some assumptions going into it. I think we ultimately did kind of feel like, yeah, I think like the playlisters seem to be um, like the target market, but just hearing it more and hearing more excitement from them was definitely just kind of like yeah I think we can double down on this piece but ultimately like in terms of launching the e-commerce platform and and the storefront and the website like most of it was just like just literally looking at the user journey and being like how does a user get from getting onto a site like as soon as they land there to like finishing a purchase and what points do they need what are the key things that they need to think through and and typically will will run into and a lot of it is just kind of reflecting on our own personal buyer behavior and also as we were getting closer to the launch starting to work through some of those assumptions about buyer behavior. As we got there, we obviously had some prototypes. We had some screenshots that we were already working with. Like the design team was already starting to build out some of the site. And so we were just kind of show it to them, show it to our users and just be like, hey, like, how do you expect to, to purchase this? Like what's the next step that you expect to take? And we're just kind of like continuing to iterate on that piece and so.
0: Okay, so you were before launching even showing some of those mockups and starting to incorporate them in the user interviews.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we try to get it in there, in in front of them as early as possible. Partially because, like, at some point in the user interviews, like you're you're mostly just trying to first understand like who are our target customers, who are these people. Like, we have an assumption of or an idea of who we think they are, but really, like, once you start talking to people, you kind of are like, okay, like this thing that I thought maybe it wasn't so accurate, or like the way that they're kind of talking about these products doesn't hundred percent match what I originally walked into this you know experiment with. Um, so we like start to hone in on that, but after a certain point, you kind of get that idea and now you're just like, okay, you seem to be like the right person to talk to. And so if I were to show you this thing, do you get it right? Like, do you understand what's happening? Like how to use this thing, what this product even does. And then also like, does the checkout experience feel intuitive for you? Is it as simple as like, I just want to buy a t-shirt. So like, I'm just going to go buy the t-shirt, pick a size and, you know, move on with my life. Can we make it as seamless as that?
0: And so you mentioned it's only been a week since it's been live. Have you been able to learn anything from it yet? And how are you trying to, I guess, drive people to it today?
2: Yeah, I think we learned that sales is hard and slow and takes some time. But it's good. I and mean, we're learning a lot. I mean, it's just so interesting to have all the... It's been a while since I've really dug deep in like the analytics and and marketing kind of metrics. And so we've got all the Google Tag Manager stuff, you know, hooked up and just, you know, connecting with just exploring, honestly, like the TikTok advertising platform and the YouTube pre-rolls and shorts and like a lot of stuff that I actually, since the last time I was heavily involved in this stuff is just totally new and different. And so it's been super interesting to see the funnel, right, and sort of see where people are getting in the site where people were dropping off. You know, we had an interesting conversation in our ThoughtBot sync yesterday or the day before, you know, we're getting lots of people to the front page and actually good a number of people to the product page and actually like, you know, not the worst number of people to the cart, but then you were seeing really high cart abandonment rates. And and then then you, know, you start Googling it and you're like, oh, actually everybody sees very high cart abandonment rates. That's that's just a thing. But we were seeing like the people were viewing their cart, you know, seven or eight times and, and they were on there sort of five times as long as they were on any other page. And it's this problem that I think Daniels is talking about where you know we need to actually get a playlist URL. This gets into the minutia of what we're building, but basically, like we need to get them to give us a playlist URL in order to check out. Right. And so you sort of have to like put yourself back in the mind of. Someone is scrolling on Instagram and they see this as an ad and they click it and they're like, oh, that thing looks cool. Sure, I will buy one of those. And then it's like, no, actually, you need to go leave this, go into a different app, find a play. Like it suddenly just puts a lot of I call it mental strain. But but it, it, it's it's a lot. It's a cognitive load greater than, as you said, just buying a T-shirt and telling it what, what size you want. So thinking through ways to really trim that down shore up the amount of time people are spending on a cart. Oh, all that stuff has been fascinating. And then just like the different demographic kind of work that we're using uh all the social ads platforms to kind of identify has been really interesting. So it's still early, but actually like Chris and I were just noticing, we were just talking right before this call, like we're actually starting to get just in the last 12 hours, a bunch more, a bunch, but but more people signing up to our email newsletter than probably in the last 12 hours than we have in the whole last week. Even that sort of learning, it's like, oh, do people just need time with a thing or they come back and think about it?
3: Could these people be working on their playlists? That's a a question that I have. It's like, you know, I'm I'm making the playlist to drop into this product. It's really interesting. And I think it gives insight to kind of how personal this product could be, that this is something that takes effort on part of the consumer because they're making something to give Mm. or to keep for themselves, which is, I think, really interesting, but definitely hard too
1: yeah i don't want to also clarify like chris just kind of said it like for especially for viewers and listeners that's something that we've been hearing a lot from user interviews too right like the language that they're using is like this is a thing that i care about like it's a representation of who i am it's a representation of like the relationship that i have with this person that i'm going to be giving this gift to or this playlist to specifically like people feel like really passionate about these things and i mean like i did too like when i was first trying to like date my wife i spent like hours hours trying to pick the coolest songs that i thought you know we're like oh like this is she's gonna think i'm so cool because like i listen to these like super low-key indie rock bands and you know so many more hours than she probably spent listening to it but (laughs) that's kind of like honestly what uh, we heard a lot in, in a lot of these interviews so yeah yeah
0: totally resonates and I also I went to the site this week and I was like oh damn this is cool like and immediately it was like oh you know I've got these three you know music friends that we go hmm. to shows together I'm like oh this would be so cool to get the playlist of like music we've seen together so you might see me in the cart please I I would love, love
3: that don't this think is- don't think about it too long if you could yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I, will, I, will.
3: I mean, I would say I'm really excited about having the site not only as a vehicle for selling some of these things, but also as a vehicle for just honing our message. It's another tool that we have in our arsenal during the user interviews themselves. We were talking in abstract terms, and now we have something concrete that we can bounce off people, which is, I think, going to be a huge boon to our tool set for as we continue to refine and define yeah. this product. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. You mentioned that they're signing up for like email updates. Mm-hmm. Do you have something you're sending out or are you? Uh,
2: no, but maybe that was the thing. I was like, Oh great. They're signing up. And then I was like, Oh shit, signing up. Okay. Now <laughs> we, we got to write something, but we will.
0: Tips to making your playlist. You to creating tips, your playlist, playlist. Right. And then yeah, also that's a good idea. Mean,
3: tips to making your playlist. Also we're advancing the collectible side of things too. We are hopefully going to have two pilot programs in place one with a major label and one with a major artist, and we're really excited about that. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. that's cool. I assume Sorry. you can't tell us very much.
3: Yeah. I
2: don't yeah. What,
0: can, what can you tell us?
2: Yeah, there, there's a, a great band who's super excited about these. They've been around for a long time, some good name recognition, very loyal fan base. They want to do sort of a, a collection of, of these. Like, I think maybe we showed the little, I can't remember if we showed the little crates that we make or not, but basically a little, milk mm, no, no crate. Yeah. So they, they want to sell online a package that's you know five or six goods in in a crate which i think will be cool and a great sort of sales experiment and then there's a couple artists that we're going to do an experiment with through their label that's more about basically giving things away on tour so they're going to do some giveaway fan club street team style experiments with some of these on the road so for us it's ideal provided both those things happen because we we definitely want to be exploring on the road and, and online stuff. And so this mm-hmm. kind of lets us do both at once and get some real learnings as to kind of how people, because we still don't know, like, you know, we haven't really put these in people's hands yet. And it's just like, are people scanning these a lot? Are they not? Or is this just sort of an object that's sitting on their shelf? Yeah, it's just like, there's so much we're going to learn once we get these into people's hands.
0: Do you have the infrastructure to sort of see how many times the cards are scanned?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, we do. Yeah, so we can see yeah how m- how many times each
3: one is scanned, where they're scanned, that sort of thing. Kind of kind of our next step and something we were just talking about today with the ThoughtBot team is building out kind of what the back end will be for this, both for users and also for labels and artists that will allow them to go in and post updates to the goods to allow them to use these for promotion as people you know, scan into them to give them links to other sites related to the artists that they might be interested in before they move on to the the actual musical playlist. So that's kind of the next step for us and knowing how users use these collectibles, both the kind of consumer good and the artist collectibles that we were just talking about will help inform how we build that platform.
0: Very cool. And right now the online store itself that's built in Shopify.
2: Yeah, the, the homepage is Webflow um, that Kevin from the ThoughtBud team really spearheaded in building for us. And then, the, yeah, the, the e-commerce is Shopify.
0: Y'all have been busy. Is there anything yeah. else maybe that I haven't asked about yet that we should touch on in, in terms of updates or things going on with the product? I don't know.
2: I don't think so. I think, like Chris said, I mean, we're just, like, now that the site has kind of stood up and we're really switched over to kind of marketing and, and advertising on that, Definitely digging into the back end of this kind of SaaS platform. That's going to probably be a big focus for the rest of the program, to be honest. And looking into yeah, just some other things we can do on the mixed front that could eventually build into the, the back end. That I think could be interesting. No, I, I, I guess the short answer is no. Nothing like substantial. But those are the big yeah. Terms. Well, that
0: that was my next yeah. question too, which is kind of like what's next or what's the next chunk of work. So it's obviously lots more optimization and learning on the e-commerce platform. And then this other mega area, which is, you know, what does this look like as a, a SaaS solution? What's the vision, but also where do we start? Which I'm sure, yeah. Danny, is a lot of work that you specialize in as far as like scoping how to approach these kinds of projects.
1: Yeah. And and it's it's interesting because I mean, we were just talking about this today, like, part of it is like we can we can like really dig into like the e-commerce site and like really nailing it down to get it to the place where it's like we're driving tons more traffic and also getting as low of a cart abandonment rate as possible right but also considering the fact that this is in the future like large scale vision and there's like also like we're starting to i think now iron out a lot of those like milestones where we're kind of like okay like we got like a short term vision which is like the e-commerce site we got a mid term vision and a potential long term vision like how do we validate this long-term vision while also still like keeping this short-term vision moving forward and like this midterm vision is also going to like help potentially either like steer us towards that long-term or maybe even like pivot us like in a completely different direction so like where do you put your card right like how much energy and time do we put into like each of these areas and that's kind of like the interesting part of this is is starting to talk through that starting to kind of prioritize like how we can maximize on our effort, like our development and design effort, so that things just kind of line up more naturally and organically for future visioning. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, a lot of different things to juggle. But it's just getthegoods.com.
0: That's
3: uh, G-O-O-D-Z.
0: Get in there, folks.
2: Yeah, um, my one. And then let us um, know how it goes. Yeah, please. <laughs> Any bugs, uh, let us know. Yeah, I, I think that those, yeah, I mean, it's a good point, Danny, in terms of just juggling kind of the near- term and, and longer term stuff, you know, it's a good kind of reminder, our big focus, you know, uh, in the new year is going to be fundraising, right? We're already talking to some investors and things like that. So it's like, okay, yes, as you said, we could tweak the cart, we could tweak the e-commerce or like, can we paint the big picture of what the longer term version of this company is going to be in a way that makes it compelling for investment to come in so that there can be a long term version of this company um, and we can build those things. So yeah, it's definitely a balance between the two.
0: Oh uh, also just casual fundraising as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it's hard. It's like you wake up in the morning, it's like, do I want to like write cold emails to investors or do I wanna like look at Google Analytics and like tweak ad copy that's actually more fun. So yes.
0: Yeah, life life of the founder. Yeah. For sure. So that's get the goods, goods with a Z dot com. Check it out and get the goods we'll tune in and see what, what happens at the e-commerce site, what happens at the SaaS planning uh, the next time that we check in. But Chris, Mike, Danny, thank you so much for joining today and sharing uh, what's been going on over the last few weeks. The good, the bad, the, the cart abandonment. And best of luck to you over the next few weeks. And we'll, we'll be sure to check in and see how it's going.
3: Did you know ThoughtBot has a referral program? If you introduce us to someone looking for a design or development partner, we will compensate you if they decide to work with us. More info on our website at tbot.io slash referral or you can email us at referrals at thoughtbot.com with any questions.